Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with Cheese. It's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping their wings on all I know is Zach said he has a game where Seals don't read both 7,000 and I said I'm in let's go let's do it yeah that's what I really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader the presenting sponsor for today's episode of Birds with Friends is Visa a network working for everyone hello everybody and welcome to Birds with Friends Tuesday evening live on YouTube Bo Wolf, Sheila Kapadia, Zach Berman, Marissa Morris here to talk about the Eagles' performance against the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe spin a little bit forward to a big game this week against the Carolina Panthers. Lots to get to. We'll have the bird on the street. We'll have the squall 22 with the man himself, Sheila Kapadia. Sheila, how you feeling? And we did just record a ZB and the Wolf video, this week's video. So, of course, you can check that out on the Athletics YouTube page. And you should be able to watch that, what do we think, maybe like a Wednesday morning, afternoon. We don't know when it'll get done, yeah. but keep checking back. We'll tweet out the link. What links. do you think? How many cuts? How many, how many edits do you think they're going to make to that bad boy? I don't know. There were some good jokes in there. I'm sure you'll make a, you know, you'll probably make a few of them here or maybe even cut it loose uh, a little bit more since our audience knows what you're up to and we'll try to protect you from getting fired. That's uh, that's good advice. My favorite line from the post-game pod was uh, ZB, just with a shot late. You always monopolize the conversation, ZB. I like it. I think, Bo, I forget what Bo was even trying to get you to talk. Yeah, about. I don't. Even, I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even hear yeah, that. Yeah, you one. were over it. Yeah, you know, I think he was trying to get you to talk about the Urban Meyer stuff, and you said, "Why don't you talk about it, big man?" And just taking a shot. That's what I like to hear. That's, on my a, that's not a shot. That's the truth. It's a compliment. <laughs> that's a good host, right there. Uh, how right? is that a compliment? It's a. That's a. That's a compliment for a host who knows how to drive the conversation, right? Like if, if, if you're not uh, in that chair, it's not the same. You know how to drive the conversation. Now, Zach, did you see that picture the Eagles tweeted of uh, Patrick Mahomes congratulating Jalen Hurts on throwing for more passing yards than him? <laughs> uh, I saw the picture of them embracing after the game. I don't believe uh, Swooper uh, scorecasting came up. Scorecasting mm. came up. I think I think Andy's probably a listener. He probably let him know. All right. Uh, well, before we get to the Squall 22, which I'm sure is going to tell us a little bit about the offense and probably more about a terrible defense, as you wrote about today, Shield. Uh, before we do that, let's get to uh, let's get to the latest and greatest, Zach. Let's send it to the Stone Cold Newsman on the scene, Zach Berman, live from the Novacare Complex. Sua Opeta has been placed on the COVID-19 <laughs> reserve list. 
that is the only transaction to date, but there are important situations to monitor uh, most pressingly or most importantly, uh, Lane Johnson's status remains unknown. He uh, is away from the team for a personal matter. Uh, we will update you with more information as it comes. The Eagles return to practice tomorrow, Wednesday, so we will get more then. In addition, uh, Jordan Maialata, we will see his status. He had missed the past two games, of course, but the Eagles, remember, did not place him on injured reserve. Had they placed him on injured reserve, he would have missed three weeks. By not placing him on IR, the Eagles reserved hope that he would return by at least the third week, so we will see what happens this week. Uh, other than that, the Eagles coordinators spoke today. As you can imagine, that the, the uh, term that has been used by Jonathan Gannon by Nick Sirianni is that the Eagles are pissed off, right? So they they are not happy with this three-game losing streak. I know we are about to say, you're about to say it's better to be pissed off than pissed on. Is that correct, Bo? I wasn't going to say it, but I was definitely okay. thinking it. And you're okay. trying to make the face. I'm glad yes. I'm in your head. Don't monopolize so, the conversation. Though. <laughs> I'm glad I'm in your head. Um, so, <laughs> so in addition to that, uh, Jonathan Gannon explained uh, the call that he wants back was, or the call that he might regret, um, the red zone call, and we will get to that, but the Eagles were not in dime in that situation because they are not using a dime defense at this point. Uh, so that is something not a dime we can get team. to. Not a dime team. Uh, other than that, Aaron Sipos uh, had a great game, as Michael Clay said, right? Michael Clay said. Uh, Man, we're getting that's... Sua and Sipos off the top. Two, we need like... to change the format. Maybe we, unless there's, I, Marissa and I will determine whether the news is worth leaving with. <laughs> Otherwise, we can end with that after the two of us sign off. So, uh, no, that was a Michael Clay joke because the, the, the punters did not punt. The only film Sipos watched was that of him holding. Well, he was like, he really, but Clay was serious. Like he's got to watch the film of his holds. Yes. Like, There's still work to do. Okay. Yes. That's tough. You ever, you ever grind in tape on holds, Sheil, when you're a Mr. League wide? All right. So do we want to start with the offense, defense, uh, over, you know, good news, bad news, or you know what I want to start with? Big picture. What do you want let's, to start let's, with? Let's, let's save the specific offense and defense and let's, let's talk a little Sirianni. Because uh, I know okay. you wrote about the decision, um, you know that I know they you had wrote about punt. the decision. Well, I certainly wrote about it. Yes, um, but but you also wrote. Make about sure it, you so check that it out on, on the day after. Radar. Yeah. Um, let me read this, and and this is a little bit unfair, because you like to take the guy's uh, word word for word is a little bit different than listening to him say it. But this is the this is the answer that Sirianni had when Zach asked a very good question at the end of his press conference on Monday. Zach asked, uh, outside of the final score, what is the first place your eyes go to on the stat sheet after the game? What stat do you think is the biggest indicator for how your team is doing? This is what Sirianni said. I still always go back to the double positive. Did we win the turnover battle? Did we win the explosive play battle? Week in, week out in the NFL, you win both of those. Your chances of winning are very high. I always look at that. I always look at that. That's a true team stat, right? The turnover battle is not just Hey, the offense had no turnovers. Well, did the defense create any turnovers or vice versa, right? Hey, the defense created three turnovers. Well, the offense gave up three turnovers. You're always looking at that. That's first and foremost. Then the explosive play battle. When you get an explosive play, right, your chances of scoring go way up. That's what it's all about, scoring more points than the other team. I think what we've seen is this week was the first week that we were actually plus one on the explosive play battle of what we think. 
We always say it's a plus 16 game and gain in the pass game, plus 10 in the run game. We were plus one on that this week, but we didn't win the yardage of it. So we really didn't technically win. We were plus one on the amount of big plays. We had one more than the Chiefs. Then we also have something for special teams, too. You're not going to be able to completely figure out the formula by doing it that way because special teams has a part in it, too. But we lost it by 16 yards. I don't always get that one right away because there's some formula to it. I always get the turnover one right away, but not always that one right away. This is just me as an offensive guy. And then he talks about the quarterback. But it's a great answer. I, 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 I don't know what point you're trying to make here. I mean, I don't know what, of all the times there were, were to read a quote from a coach. <laughs> yes, seriously. I mean, what the hell was that? <laughs> How did you just waste the last 60? I mean, you could have paraphrased that. I'm sure Zach could have just explained. This is yes. Like you felt the need to read that verbatim and waste the 75 seconds of our lives. Well, listen, I mean, we're not doing again, ZB and the Wolf within Tuesday, the episode. We got to stretch a few people want things. my takes on what's happening. I didn't get the post-game oh, pod. Oh, mister, and, everybody wants and, my and, takes. And They're tuning in for my takes. Two-minute Sirianni quote. Unbelievable. No, also, not for nothing. What was your point? No, no, no. We have an outstanding, we have an outstanding producer. If we just sent the the, the yeah, video, she could, we, we, she could have played Sirianni. Cut it up, probably. Sure. Yeah, I could have given this show a minute of thought before, but I didn't have time. <laughs> All right. So what what stood out to you from that? Now that you've read, I mean, that is a that formula thing is so nonsensical. Um, Come on, you've interviewed coaches before. What coach ever has ever had like a an answer to that question where you're like, oh, it was a good question. This, Chip yeah. Kelly. No, he didn't. What was his? I remember this. He didn't have a good answer. That's a terrible answer. Okay. First of all, there's such a randomness to turnovers that yes, okay, you know what? Well, you know what stat correlates to winning turnovers. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Go run, run an offense or defense that's always going to win the turnover battle. Go ahead. Show me. Did Vince Lombardi have it? No, you can, there's a randomness to it. Of course, you want to take care of the ball. You don't want to give away the ball. I mean, you might as well say uh, my favorite stat is who scored more points. I mean, really, you can't co- you can't really you can't coach a little bit to it, but like you're not going to be able to control that every game. So no coach ever has a good answer to this. Uh, you know, his answer is fine. I mean, the explosive play thing is there, at least there are some seeds of truth to that uh, in terms of how you structure your defense, which I'm sure we'll get to. But what do you qualify? Care. Listen, once I started reading, I couldn't stop. <laughs> That was, see, trust me, that was that apparent. But that's where committed. you and I are different. You see, that's where you and I are different. Because I have that, like, in, in my head, I'm like, oh, no, what did I just get into? And then I'm like, <laughs> well, all right. Yeah, we, but we, I couldn't. I couldn't yeah. stop. I had, to, I had to finish it out. No when to quit. No, but, Great life but, lesson. But, but like, an, an, an honest question, because I, I, I found this interesting in, Siri, in Sirianni's answer. Shio, what do you consider an explosive play? Uh, I, I, Pete Carroll had uh, the same definition as Sirianni. I think in the okay. league, I, I think like Mike Sando, when he does explosive pay, plays goes with that. I think that's sort of a coach thing. I don't know that there's any mathematical reason for it. I mean, I like to, I guess I'm uh old school, like ZB and the wolf on this one. I just usually look at 20, 20 yard plays, you know, how, how many did you have type thing? I, so yeah. The, uh, that's so Sirianni goes 16, Plus yards for passing, ten plus yards for for the uh, running plays. Actually, Carroll was sixteen and twelve. If my That's what Sando is. is. Yeah, Sando. Okay. Uh, and, and you can check out I'm like Sando's breakdown. Seventeen, thirteen, kind of guy. Yeah, I mean it's arbitrary. You can check out Sando's uh, breakdown on the Athletic Newsfeed. That it that is in the Athletic app. He wow, has a little bit there. What a company man, this guy. Unbelievable. Very proud. Very proud to be a company man. 
if Alex Adam, if you're listening, very proud to be a company man. <laughs> Outstanding. Speaking right. of company man, I mean, some we of us, are some of us were a little our... closer to on the ground floor, but you know that's. <laughs> what was that, Marissa? I was I was just a listener. Um, uh, our, our schedule is changing on Thursday. Heads oh up. yes, good point. Because we are all company people. Um, we will be adjusting our schedule because we have it in all hands. That's meetings. right. So, so we made a, We made a, We made an important point of setting our weekly schedule heading into week one, so you guys would know when to tune in. And I believe we've hit it once out of the first five weeks. So uh, <laughs> I'm the blame for that. I'm the no, blame. I'm no, no, we'll sorry. get going. Myriad, yes. myriad of factors. We will be. We will be live at 1:30 on Thursday. Now, do, now you use no that word deal. incorrectly there. No, I was taught that when you use myriad, you don't use. I think five. I did. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 1 30 p.m. 1 30 p.m. for you, please. Yes. My gosh, this pod is off to a terrible start. 13 <laughs> minutes in. All right. What should we get to? Siri, let's get into the Siri. All right. Let's, let's, let's talk about Siriani. Um, so, you know, the big criticism, of course, was for the fourth down stuff, which I agreed with your guys' post game take. To me, it was more the, you know, well, it was the decision, but it was also the lack of organization. And the lack of a plan, you know, when you're saying, Hey, go for it. All right. We called timeout. I didn't know my own player called timeout. I thought we had a delay of game. Uh, now we're going to kick the field goal. Oh, the next time we're going to have the same situation on the next drive. Yeah, we'll go for it this time. And this is what I was crushing Arthur Smith for in like week two. So I can't hold back when I see the Eagles team doing the same thing. And the thing we mentioned last week is that what's been interesting about opponents of the chiefs this year is that everybody has had a plan. The Browns had a plan. The Chargers had a plan. The Ravens had a plan going into those games where they said, we're not stopping Patrick Mahomes in that offense. Every possession, we need to maximize every scoring opportunity. We're not kicking field goals when it's a toss-up. We need to score touchdowns. And then the Eagles come into this game. Now, I don't know if you guys watched the uh, broadcast copy, but uh, Charles Davis, I don't know if he had intel or talking to the coaches, he seemed to indicate that that was going to be their plan, you know? During that whole situation, he was saying the Eagles, their plan for situations like this was to go for it in the red zone, score touchdowns. And so maybe it was part of the plan, and then they strayed from it. So uh, that was concerning to me. Which but is that, that was their and plan, yet, though. Their, their plan was to go for the field goal. Sirianni thought it was, it was fourth and six. Was or, the plan, or, or, or plan was to go for the touchdown, you mean? And yes, yet, yes, yes. But, and yeah. yet they still were slow getting that play in. Like right, they, right. they they didn't have that play pre-called, right? They didn't have the um, personnel ready. Yeah. They didn't have the personnel ready. So they're scrambling to the line. That's why they're not ready to snap the ball on time. Hertz is moving uh, Kenny Gainwell from the right side to the left side. Then he has to call timeout. And then, as you said, I mean, the miscommunication is, is just so bad. And that's right, not how- a bad timeout to call in the first half. Yeah, I mean, how does nobody tell? Like, like, if how does he not know that Hurts called timeout? You know, I, it's, so he probably saw the flag on the field and thought, yeah. So okay, well, there's no one talking. I, I mean, think there no was. I think there. I think there actually was a referee. My guess, because he Sirianni was mad, and you know, when they yes. then they were, the broadcast sees him saying that's bad, I think he was talking about the refs, not the Eagles' process. Oh, I think, okay. I think a ref on the sideline told him there was a delay of game, and then he was caught off guard. But still, you got to know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is you need to have a plan going in. It should determine how you're calling your third down play. Uh, You know, there are so many things that we've talked about that go into this. And it wasn't just a one-time thing. I mean, this is a couple of weeks now where game management has been a big topic of conversation. Uh, It's sort of a conservative approach. 
And to me, you know, I was wondering, uh, you guys could tell me, is this going overboard uh, with the take or do you think there's something to this? I mean, I was thinking about this and wondering if this speaks to sort of the disorganization from a bigger picture in the building. You know, it goes to what we wrote about uh, in the spring. You, you know, we know they're very sensitive to the idea that Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie are interfering with the head coach's decision because of previous regimes, right? So I know going into the season, they're probably thinking, we do not want that to be a storyline. We know that they're very sensitive to the analytics staff you know, being a part of the process and not maybe overstepping their boundaries or forming that relationship where everyone's working together. That has not been a strength of this organization. It's been an adversarial relationship. Again, these are all topics that we've written about uh, on The Athletic that hopefully many of you have uh, have read those stories. So like it wasn't Sirianni asked this year if he has those Tuesday meetings with Jeffrey Lurie or not. He was. He was asked if he has a weekly meeting with, with Jeffrey Lurie. He said not like a, a scheduled one. Lurie's at practice. He he talks. To, the great thing about Lurie, he says, is he's he's there all the time. They talk about practice, but no scheduled weekly meeting. Yeah, so that is interesting to me. They've changed their process there, certainly. Maybe. For, or you think he's lying? Yeah, or like, you know, he doesn't really understand what's going on. Or it's it's three games in. They haven't had. Like, <laughs> he should know whether he, he, he would know if he's in a meeting, right? Like, it's, I don't know. Maybe Jeffrey's <laughs> asking him the same questions, just in a different way. Okay, that, that that's true. But uh, or 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 maybe it's like there was like a, a deliberate thing. We have this meeting, but make sure you don't tell anybody this this right. is occurring because this was this right. was a point of contention with the previous staff, right? So, yeah. That's so it true. could be that. Yeah, it could be. So now you have a coach who is a first time coach who's calling plays, who's doing everything else a coach needs to do. And then I guess as Bo was telling me is relying on Jim Bob Cooter for to be in his ear to make these in-game decisions. And the in-game decisions have not been good. But you have others in the organization saying, well, we don't really have a way to, you know, uh, give constructive feedback to how to correct these mistakes. So it perpetuates because again, this wasn't just this week. It was the week before. I mean, this stuff should have been ironed out going into the game and it was not. So I wonder if there's like a, if it's just going to continue. And then at some point there's a breaking point or there's a meeting because we know that Jeffrey Lurie, his, his preference is to go for this. I mean, I still remember when we first came back 2017 where Jeffrey Lurie has that impromptu meeting with reporters. And it seemed to me like the purpose was we're going to go for it on a lot of fourth downs. You guys shouldn't crush Doug Peterson about this. This is an organizational decision, whether it works or not. We've looked at the data. We think this gives us an edge to now go from that. To this, I mean, that, you know, when the rest of the league now has gone in the other direction and you're falling behind, it all does not add up to me. It doesn't add up. And what's what's especially bothersome about it is that it's inconsistent. In week one, they were aggressive. You know, they went for those fourth downs that they should have gone for. And it was like there wasn't much of it. Now Shields uh, adjusting his picture. There, there wasn't much of a question about it. They were prepared to do it. And they did. they went for two of those fourth downs. They didn't get either one. And it seemed to me like Sirianni sort of got scared off by that. I mean, you've got your whole life to prepare for being a head coach, right? You should know, you should have in your mind, like, what kind of coach do I want to be? And it's a what little bit. What kind of man do I want to be? Well, to not have a consistency in four games is pretty concerning, I think. And as you said, like, we know that he is empowered to be as aggressive as as he wants to be. So this is telling me that he doesn't want to be that aggressive. Yeah. So I think that's more, 
I don't want to say the issue at, at, at play here, but um, I don't think it's the type of thing where like Nick Sirianni's had his, his whole life to prepare to be a coach and he doesn't know what he, he wants to do. I think it, it might be more. He wants his, to follow. He knows what he wants to do, and he, what he wants he, to do is follow his gut. Like, yeah, I think more his his natural inclination is is to be conservative, and that he he knows the people that he works for, and he gets this information in his ear. He has this chart in front of him, and so I think that's that's more what's at play. Like, you know, you get the impression when you watch the Chargers, for instance, that Brandon Staley. Uh, what like like this is what he wants to do. He wants to be aggressive in all these situations, right? That's that's how he's going. Not even to coach. a question when they get yeah. get to yeah, he, I mean, exactly. He's got, he's got a great quarterback, but yeah, yeah. But I think I think Sirianni, my God, might be if if it was left up to like if they were like, okay, we don't have any opinions whatsoever. Coach the team how you want to coach the team. I think he he would be conservative, and I think the aggressive. um the the That's aggressive, de- the aggressive decisions, uh, the aggressive decisions that you've seen is the chart that he has in front of him, and perhaps even like knowing the people that he works for. Well, and and uh, what's what's extra interesting is as I tweeted about today, like rectifying the Eagles are in like in neutral situations the most pass heavy team in the league right now, right? So they're they're true? I I believe so. That's that's how how uh, Hayden Winks had it. And uh, you can check, you know, I know you don't follow me on Twitter, but there's, there's a chart up there. Um, And like, that is a progressive thing, right? In, in, in neutral situations, that's, that's the best way to move the ball. And yet they're not following, um, you know, the analytical dharma dogma rather on, um, on fourth downs. It's weird. It's weird. It it doesn't, it, the whole picture just doesn't add up. Well, the Colts did, you know, they, they were pretty aggressive while he was there under Frank Reich and have continued to base that, you know, it's not like he just came from some way. This shouldn't be a new concept to him. Okay. So the game management stuff, it's, it's an issue. I mean, you know, we're seeing it. It's like a factor in almost every game you watch. Now these, these big decisions and coaches are going be becoming more aggressive. The ones who are, punting and kicking field goals in these situations specifically against the chiefs. I mean, that's really going to stand out. And I mean, it, to be fair, as there we have some commenters in the live chat saying that like it's been four games, he's not going to be a fully formed coach. You know, we've talked about Lurie saying we were excited about the coach he can become, but still, you had all offseason to think about, you know, what what you were gonna what you were gonna be about, and it doesn't seem like from a game management perspective, he knows he knows what he wants to be about. All right, uh, why don't we take a little break and then come back and talk about the offense with Dr. Capadia. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Back on Birds with Friends. Uh, just to, to quickly uh, correct something that people were talking about in the chat, Jim Bob Cooter, it's not like he's the guy who's like putting the formula together, but he's the guy who's in Sirianni's ear. So he's looking at something that he has been given and is the one talking to Sirianni. What is that chart? Hmm. The Cooter chart. Who knows? All right, let's talk uh, Let's talk offense. Shea. What did you see? Jalen Hurts, uh, he threw for a lot of passing yards. I, I think people are being too hard on the offense. Okay, on I Hertz, agree with that. The offense was good. On the coaching I mean, staff. The defense, I, mean, I thought. I thought the, the, the game Chiefs plan. Defense stinks, but yeah, they stink. But you know what? When you don't punt in the entire game and you're moving exactly. the ball up and down the field, like not every offense is going to do that. And certainly, the offenses we saw in the previous couple, you know, from the Eagles in the previous two weeks, uh, was not doing that. So I thought this game plan looked more like the Week One game plan. I thought a lot of stuff was schemed, you know, schemed up, and Hertz was executing the scheme well. Uh, you know, the wide receiver great uh, screens were terrific. A lot of the stuff we talked about last week, uh, play action, uh, you know, the the motion, and you know, trying to get a little bit of edge before the snap. Even the tempo, you know, they went for QB sneak on the, uh, you know, they went tempo and then QB sneak on the I one like third that. and one or whatever it was. So they were doing all these little things that you can do to uh, give your team an edge. Uh, the wide receiver screens were outstanding. I mean, they were picking up huge chunks there. They had the one drive. Was it the second drive where they had uh, four first downs in a row? Yeah, four consecutive plays where they're picking up a first down. So they were going up and down the field. So as much as we want to criticize Sirianni for the offensive game plan, uh, I mean, for the game management, I thought the offensive game plan, the you know, they, they looked like a well-coached team on that side of the ball. So I feel like that's probably, you know, that, except that's for, except for all the penalties. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think they were uh, egregious penalties offensively. I mean, the Dillard one, he was kind of blocking a guy and then fell off the block and that like pushed him mm. a couple yards forward. I thought it was uh, very much borderline the JJ Ortega white side one. I mean, I have no idea how that's officiated I, that's on tough. a week, week to week basis. So, uh, you know, they, they were ones that certainly could have gone the other way for them. Uh, the Devontae Smith thing is pretty annoying that, you know, I, I don't remember like seeing this often. Like I don't ever remember watching a team where this happened twice in a season, let alone twice in four weeks. So some of these things are totally out of Jalen Hurts' control. You know, Jalen Hurts was not perfect in this game, but it, it's sort of puzzling to me why with Carson Wentz, it was like every excuse in the book about, well, you know, look at his offensive line and supporting uh, cast and, um, you know, the coaching isn't good enough. And like it was just year after year, game after game of why is this guy not performing? And with Jalen Hurts, like those are three touchdowns that get taken off the board for nothing that he did. I mean, we could be talking about a team very easily, not in the way that coaches talk about, well, a couple plays went our way. Like these are very... Uh, you know, identifiable plays you can look at where Hertz made the play, his teammates screwed something up, and they could have had 40 points 
in this game very easily. I mean, they could have been in a huge shootout uh, with the Chiefs team. So it's his eighth career start. He's completing 66% of his passes. He's averaging eight yards per attempt. His EPA per play is the same as Carson Wentz's was in 2018 and better than Carson Wentz's was in 2019. And, every, you know, it's just like, well, like that game is not on Jalen Hurts. Now, did he not miss? At all. Did he miss some throws? Yes. You know, the the one to uh, Ertz in the end zone. That's a play that if you make, it's a different game. The one to Greg Ward in the end zone. But like the other guys have to be responsible for the plays they screwed up too. Like I didn't think Kurtz was screwing up a ton. I mean, there was a point in the third quarter where they flash up, you know, 20 for 26. And I was looking at it and I'm like, well, two of those incompletions were potential touchdowns. So they're high leverage plays. I understand that. And there are plays that you should make absolutely and he missed them there's no doubt about it but like i don't think those are throws that he would miss you know eight out of ten times you know what i mean like those are throws he's capable of making we've seen him be accurate he's 12th league-wide in completion percentage over expectation which which takes into account separation distance all those things and so i just feel like uh you know any talk this week about like jalen hurts being a part of the reason or or like a big reason why they lost that game to me, it's is just that a, is that a talk? I don't know. I feel like people are pretty critical of Hertz compared to other uh, other quarterbacks. Am I wrong about that? Maybe I'm wrong. I haven't heard that, but I, I mean, I, okay. I only listen to ZB and the Wolf, so I don't know what everybody is saying. Yeah, real quick here, busy with Urban Meyer. Yeah. So, 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 real quick here, not about the offense, but just to keep you guys alert on some breaking news. I know people in our chat saw it. Uh, Jalen Smith released by the Cowboys, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. Oh. Never heard of him. The first um, guy, Jalen Smith, I yes. know. Yes. <laughs> okay, but but to get back to Jalen Hurts, no, I I haven't heard that. You know, there's there's obviously. I thought that, he was that, good that, in this game. I don't, yeah, I mean, me too. Me too. He missed and a couple I, throws, but yeah. It, and uh, yeah, I I thought what which what Shield said uh, is correct that he had three touchdowns taken off the board, no fault of his own. Now the illegal man downfield penalty. Um, the one on uh, Dillard, that might be on Hertz, right? Because the second one, I, goes, I what, right? what was the second one? Not there was a the, second one that was like a busted RPO that was like he just not the Goddard touchdown, though. not the not touchdown. the Goddard yeah, touchdown. Yeah. Okay, yeah, the so, Goddard okay. touchdown. I didn't think he could have gotten. I mean, it just wasn't there earlier. Like I hear what you're saying. Like yeah, like on on those RPOs when the quarterback holds onto the ball, that's not on the offensive line because they're blocking run all the way. Um, but I, I thought on the throw to Goddard, like it didn't seem to me like he could have gotten, gotten rid of that sooner. I mean, he's not going to every game. There are going to be plays with Hertz where you say, well, he left the pocket a little bit early. Yeah. He didn't see the whole field. He didn't go through all his reads. He didn't cut it loose. Like he's not going to fit the traditional mold of a pocket passer. Uh, I don't know that he's ever going to be a great quarterback, but I thought he played pretty well in that game, functioning the offense and you saw you could move the ball up and down uh, the field with him, and he's established sort of a, a baseline of competence. I think um, that we saw that we've probably seen in you know at least two of the four games. You could argue maybe three of the four games. I think that's right. I mean, and we have seen like he's a much better player now than he was at the end of his college career. I think right, like yeah, he's improved. Who's to say that he can't improve in some other ways? He's been eight games. Yeah, the and first. In- Go ahead. No, no, well, I, well, so not to to echo what we talked about on the post game pod, but the biggest criticism I've heard about the offense from fans, even from 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 reporters in the past forty eight hours, 
has been the lack of a running game. And to me, like when you watch that game back, right? You you can't tell me that their offense would be bad would be better if 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 Jalen Hurts handed the ball off to Miles Sanders than throwing the ball because they they move the ball well, like you said, no punts. Now you can you can quibble about their red zone play calling, that's fine. But overall, like their pro on the on, the, on their list of problems, the lack of of running plays was so far down that list. I totally agree. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, that that's ridiculous. I didn't. Even, yeah, I mean it, that's that's been the biggest criticism of the offense in the past forty eight okay. hours. Was yeah. No, I think last I week. Think it was, I think it was that, fair last week. week. Yeah, this week. I mean, they yeah they were moving the ball all over the place. Yep. And a lot of those throws were, you know, they had the short, the quick screens they were executing. They were big, picking up huge chunks of yardage. Where I don't want to be the guy who says that's an extension of the run game, but you know those are pretty high percentage throws. Uh, with a guy like, uh, oh, there was a run the ball chain. Yeah, the announcers did mention that. Oh, I didn't hear that. That there was, I mean, yeah, unbel- uh, yeah, I, I don't get that at all. So, you know, the and, first and, and, and I saw there was the, uh, I, I saw interviews like, like, like man on the street interviews outside the stadium afterwards. <laughs> and it's like, they got to run the ball, they got to run the ball. And then it was, it was, I listened. It's such a weird takeaway from that game I, in particular. I, I listened to talk radio the next day and like there was this big argument, like, how can you not run the ball when you play against Patrick Mahomes? Like you're just giving him more chance. No, I mean, they, they only had seven possessions. The Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, I was so, gonna say yeah. just last week when I was saying you can't really cut out many possessions. Uh, they actually did. I they mean, did. seven possessions seven are probably possessions. the that's probably the fewest. I haven't looked this up. I would guess that's the fewest any NFL team has had in a game uh, this season. I mean, you don't have games where you only have seven possessions. The entire time, so they accomplished what you would want to accomplish. Sorry, go ahead. They accomplished what you would want to accomplish if you're taking that mentality of running the ball and keeping Mahomes off the field. Exactly. That's that's what they were doing without running the ball. I feel like the I feel like the only apt criticism is like first and goal on the three. Could we run? Could we run the ball a couple times there? But I don't know. I mean, you still got a chance. I mean, he hit Greg Ward in the hands and and he didn't catch it. So. Did you think um, so? I don't know. I heard you guys talking about that post game. I thought it was a bad throw. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was a great throw. I thought he had a chance. I yeah. would say that for the other Ertz one too. I, I one thought Ertz the one. I thought the Ertz one was bad more on throw Ertz. to Ertz, and the other you thought that one was more Ertz. I okay. thought that one was more on Ertz, and the the Ward one was more on Hertz on Hertz, not Ertz. Yeah. So I mean, you look at it first and third yeah. possessions. I thought those are relatively routine plays. The one to Ertz. And the one toward where I would think if you run those plays 10 times over more often than not, uh, even the pl- with the players you have, they're going to make those plays. Then, you know, the Dillard penalty takes the touchdown away. The J the Ortega Whiteside penalty on the uh, fifth possession and Ertz drops a touchdown. Like sometimes there, there are games where just these things pile up in high leverage situations where it doesn't tell you a lot about your team and it really could have been uh, a different game. So that, that was kind of my takeaway um, with the offense. I mean, really 15 points taken off the board where you look at twice they had to settle for field goals and then the Devontae Smith uh, touchdown, 15 points taken off the board that had nothing to do with Jalen Hurts. So if they lose this game like 41 to 35, we're having a, probably a totally different conversation this week. What did you think of the offensive line? 
it's fine. I mean, yeah. I don't know why, why you guys like have to, you know, you guys have to zag when, you know, zag to everyone zig about Jeff. So you can just say Jeff Stoutland's a great coach. I mean, I said this for years yeah. and years. You get, you get upset that people like me, since I wrote a feature on him, are giving him too much credit. You know, your tidy whities get a little bit. No, you know, your undies in a bunch a little bit or something over that. I don't know. I mean, the guy takes a, it's unbelievable. an hour before the game that is right. They're playing with four backups. Any other team in the NFL, if they're playing with four backup offensive linemen, it would just be this huge story. Their offense would torpedo. And I will give Sirianni and the coaching staff credit too. I mean, they had a lot of quick hitting uh, passes, but even when they had to drop back and throw the ball downfield, you know, other than a play here and a play there, the offensive line was totally fine. Well, no, these, the Stoutland thing is, is, is more like the players themselves never get it. It, it's, it was, it was more residual um, uh, feelings from the, from the, from the Mylotta contract where like Jordan Mylotta literally had to learn how to play right. football and like, no, one had to teach him. no, but, but it, so he signs this contract and it's like Jeff Stoutland, if whatever he's getting paid is not enough. This guy does. And it's like, that's uh, true. No, but but Jordan Mailata was the one who earned that contract. Like it's fine, that's like, what the money's for, as Jack, Don Draper you know, would say. But all right, so the money Stoutland still deserves. So then the flip side of this. So, so so then when when Jamon Brown is like fixing his gloves at the goal line, yeah. we're not like Jeff Stoutland didn't have Brown ready to play, right? right. So no, the yeah. expectation with a uh, with a seventh round pick because we have enough data. I feel like Marissa might want to get in on this uh, conversation that being the O line expert, or maybe she's reacting to the Red Sox Yankees. Yeah, she's trying to watch the Red Sox. So, yeah, Yankees do what you game. need let's to let, do. Let, I just let's let her, I'm you listening. Disregard. Oh, you no, Michael. Michael was trying to like signal something to me, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm working. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, I thought it was about this conversation. Well, he's no, trying to say that Bill Callahan's the best offensive line coach in the Ask, ask Michael next time if an offensive lineman does well. Does the player deserve any credit, or is it all the offensive line coach? Yeah, like, of course, it, the players deserve. Is it, Callahan it, wasn't even in the building during the week before the Steelers game. That's all Michael does. So I obviously think the player deserves credit, but I think Thank a you. good a good coach really can push a player oh, to yeah. reach new heights. See? And I think he's, he's, I, I he's probably played for some bums who they don't want to mention here. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know, he gets with some good coaching, and all of a sudden he's pancaking Cam Hayward. I mean, come on. Well, but let me ask you this. Okay, so so uh, Michael Dunn steps in, has a big game, and what if the storyline the next day is? Well, that Bill Callahan, sure, you know, you know, it, it was all Bill Callahan. Like, no, give Jack Driscoll credit. He blacked the guy in front of him, right? No, it's like Jeff Stoutland did, did a great job. By the American working man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm just saying that like player deserves credit. Just like if if I read a great piece by Shield, I'm not like, man, his editor edited the heck out of that story. No, you you know you you wrote it, you reported it. So there you go. Anyways. I well, I think there's a baseline expectation when a when a player is a backup or seven. Just because we have enough data to say what is the likelihood of a Jordan Mailata, you know, becoming a starting left tackle who gets paid that amount of money so yeah they, they can both deserve credit it's not a well, zero sum game is that is that saying Bob? yeah they can share credit game. yeah but okay. yeah okay i use right. zero sum game that four uh it was two weeks ago four podcasts ago and bo was like i don't think you know what zero sum game means yeah because you were talking about super uh, sorecasting which is not a zero sum or whatever no was. i was talking about a, a thing where it's where it's a zero sum situation anyways. I think what you, but you were, whatever it was, was not what you were talking about, but we don't (laughs) need to. Oh, was just listening to some, some 41 earlier today, I believe. 
No. What does that mean? Is that a band? Some 41? It no? was, yeah. Uh, the only I thing know. I remember is I think the lead singer had a lip ring. Well, there you go. There you go. All right, let's uh, let's take one last commercial break. We'll talk defense on the other side. And everybody wants to talk about it in the chat, so we might as well dip our toes into the Urban Meyer conversation. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What the hell is happening? <laughs> All right. I don't know what's going on, but you I, probably... I, yeah, well, yeah, oh, I, I know what's going on. I know on. what's going right. on. I know what's going on. <laughs> Bo, I love working with you, man. Don't get fired. I'm just saying. Don't, don't. It's the closest don't thing fired. I had in my closet to match <laughs> to match the outfit. I, I thought he was wearing an Ohio State He was. It's like, but it's like a light... It's like a, sort of like a orangish color. I'm anyway. shocked that you didn't go and like buy one just for that one 10 <laughs> second about joke. It. I thought about it. Um, okay. Context uh, for our audio listeners that Bo just changed his uh, shirt during the commercial break. So and then and then was squinting into the camera without saying anything. Yeah, trying to look trying to look faded as they say. Um, <laughs> okay, we can get to uh, Urban and thanks for the uh, the lead in with the Roman ad. Um, but <laughs> let's talk uh, let's talk defense first. Shield. Uh, Boy, one of the worst performances, uh, I, I guess, as you wrote, the worst performance of the year. Yeah, based on EPA per play, this was the worst performance by a defense in a single game uh, all season. So it's not just a matter of, oh, well, you face the Chiefs, this is what happens. Uh, no, you don't, you know, not every defense allows a touchdown on uh, six of seven six possessions seven. against the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm just sort of disappointed, you know, the offseason. The summer, we talk about, hey, if uh, this is going to be a more creative scheme, this is not just going to be, you know, your standard Jim Schwartz defense. I mean, they have one of the most vanilla defenses in the entire NFL through four weeks. And it's yeah. like, if you're going to go down to the, you know, against the Chiefs, that's fine. Show me something different. Was there not like a couple blitz looks or, you know, as the, as the 
as the film grinders say, sim pressures where you can mess with their protections a little bit, try to do something different. I mean, Bo's boy, Bill Belichick, if you're watching that game against the Patriots, like they're at least, you know, trying to muddy the picture for the quarterback. Well, both teams lost, but. So I'm wondering if, you know, I don't know. The, the talent is not great. If they would have given up 42 points, but they would have tried stuff and been creative and we would have said, well, you know, at least they tried to do this or they hadn't shown this before. They gave it a shot. But man, Patrick Mahomes is so good. But like they didn't do that. I mean, they line up uh, in zone coverage. They line up with split safeties and they rush for down after down after down. I mean, how did they think that was going to work? They've got Rodney McLeod. If you watch that first Tyreek Hill touchdown, I mean, do you see where Rodney McLeod is? On that play, I, you know, it's one thing to respect like the opponent's speed. It's another to be at the free, your own six yard line. You know, what yeah. are you really protecting there? I mean, the completion's at like the 21, and he's he's literally at the six yard line. You're not going to be able to come up and make a play if he catches the ball there. So it was just boring to watch. I mean, I was falling asleep watching the Eagles' defensive film today because they're not doing anything. They're they're not really trying anything creative, and their personnel's not that good. Zach, I did. I don't know if I heard this right in the right in the post game pod. Did Jonathan Gannon really say we want to get them in third and ones? No, I'm sorry. So, missed? Okay. No, so he said third down, and then he said and one, and the one was introducing a point, and gotcha. I I yeah. misheard it. So I was going to say you know, he I was, was saying, about to go off right he now. He was saying that. so so that so I I mean I I don't <laughs> think Jonathan's listening, but I apologize because I mischaracterized it. Okay. If you like by the transcript. Um, by the transcript, it, it it said third down and one, but he was saying like we have to get him to third down and one do this, you know, and, and so mm. uh, it was more like he was listing. It, but when you asked about when you asked him about it today, it was like he knew that it had been misinterpreted. Maybe so. He does or, listen. Or, uh, or he 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 might have just like my my question was incorrect, and so, uh, but so, <clears throat> but but he did very. He said. They want to get them into third downs. And and I'll just say uh, real quick, I think, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I think they're like the, the three things that they felt they needed to do as a defense. And Gannon would not tell us what those three things were, was uh, obviously take the ball away, uh, force them to run, and stop, and, and get them to third down. And uh, they, they, did, they, they did take the ball away once. They, Wait, uh, are, you, are you reporting that? No, 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 no. I'm saying I think based on uh, like oh, you think. watching them, based on mm, I'm watching. I'm very they, excited there. Yeah, no, they they did take the ball <laughs> away. They did force them to run, but they didn't stop them. And they did a good job getting them to third downs. They just couldn't get off the field on third downs, nine to ten, right? So you got to get off the field on third downs in in that situation. Um, but you know they 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 wanted to force the Chiefs to go on these long drives. They didn't want them to to just you know, have to have the big plays, which seems like an obvious thing, uh, but they couldn't get off the field on third down. I, I, I like totally agree with uh, what you're saying, Shield, from a macro perspective. Like I am disappointed. I, I, I thought we were going to see something much more interesting from this defense. And it has not been interesting at all in this game. Like you are, you are one stop away from like, not only like taking the lead in this game, like do something interesting, throw something against the wall. Um, that said, like, I am also trying not to overreact to this performance because it was bad. Like not everybody's given up a touchdown to the chiefs every play, 
but that offense is awesome. Like Patrick Mahomes is awesome. Yeah. Um, like it's, I, it's, it's fine. Like it was probably worse against the Cowboys. Now the Cowboys are, uh, as you have said, a Super Bowl contender too. So that offense is just maybe not just as good, but very good too. Um, so like I am, I am extremely interested to see what happens this week against an average offense. What did like, are they doing anything different? But like some of the answers today from Gannon were just sort of contradictory, right? Like he's talking about, um, you know, he, he doesn't have a scheme. He's it's about, you know, putting the players in position to do what they do best, which, you know, is obviously not really the case when that's not true at all. Right. Like, you know, you're asking Fletcher Cox to do something that he's, he's not happy to do whether or not he's good at it. Uh, you know, Darius Slay is, is playing nothing but zone coverage. That's not what he wants to do. You know, you're playing with two linebackers on the field at the exclusion of anything else. Now, Ben Fennell made a good point. Like uh, Gannon said the thing about we're not a dime team. The teams that are super heavy zone, they don't play, they don't play dime because it's more about staying in the zones. But like, if you're looking at this defensive roster, I would like to see those teams linebackers though, too. I would say, I mean, sure. I, probably, I, yeah. I don't, I just don't like yeah. the answer that we're not a dime team. Well, you know, I don't what? like when it either. You're, when you're, when you're uh, in the red zone and you have Eric Wilson dropping into zone and he's right. got to keep up with Tyreek Hill. I don't know. I'm, I would might, I would rather have your probably worst cornerback at least doing that. You know, maybe there will be a time where you need to play a little more man coverage in a week. I mean, he likes to talk about the Rams. The Rams played the Chiefs and they totally switched up what they, I mean, sorry, the Chargers. Uh, you know, Brandon Staley was with the Rams, now with the Chargers, and Gannon referenced the Rams defense from last year and his friends with Staley. Uh, when they played the Chiefs, they totally switched up what they did. Actually, two different defenses this year. The Ravens, and to varying degrees of success, it's probably gotten overblown, but they tried something. The Ravens right. are a man-heavy team, blitz-heavy team, and they faced the Chiefs and said, all right, if we do that, we have to do uh, something different. The, the Chargers are a zone-heavy team. They faced the Chiefs and said, well, let's do something different this week. If we do what they we always do against them, we're probably going to get towards, they played man coverage, uh, a high percentage of snaps. So teams do switch up what they do. So that just annoys me. We're not a dime team. Well, I agree with I, you. I, you just told me that you you're, you don't have a, a scheme when you have the most identifiable scheme of really any defense in the NFL. I mean, no defense is blitzing less. No defense is playing more high percentage zone. You're playing a uh, split safety. I mean, I've never seen a defense where third and four, I mean, they might as well not even play the snap. Just move the chains. It's over. <laughs> you got a linebacker in space against one of these guys. It's, it's like I, I, Patrick Mahomes was bored during that game. He's throwing underhand. He's throwing shovel passes. They're doing trick plays. I mean, I don't know how they kept their attention that entire game it was so easy for them to attack this Eagles defense it was the same but what it happened was to pre so easy what happened to a little pre-snap disguise my god both safeties and lined up in FDR park before the snap I think Patrick Mahomes Andy Reid Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are gonna know how to attack that defense so yeah, just give me something. If it doesn't work, it's okay. I would not be crushing them if they tried something, it didn't work, and the the Chiefs scored 49 instead of 42. But the way they approached it, it, it just, I don't know, for some reason, it annoyed me. And there is a personnel aspect to this. I mean, I haven't seen, uh, I would suggest going to Brandon Thorne. I don't know if you guys watch this uh, film breakdown or not. Yeah, he I'm is like the, the O-line guru. I know Marissa can vouch for that too. Brandon Thorne's uh, bona fides. I think he had a nice piece on Michael Dunn, uh, I believe right after last year's playoff game uh he watched the, the line play and you should see this breakdown he has of Trey. when did trey smith get drafted bo he was your sixth boy, round right? he's my guy sixth uh, round no i have now, not it's a little yeah, hard yeah it's a little okay. misleading he was like a top 50 talent who went in the sixth round because of a heart issue but yes. okay uh, i have not seen fletcher cox get pushed around like this 
I think, in his tenure as an Eagle. I mean, you don't see Fletcher Cox on the ground multiple times dominated during a game, and you did see that in this game. So uh, Fletcher Cox, a complete non-factor in this game. Derek Barnett, I mean, I don't know what happened to this guy or what is going on with him. Uh, a complete non-factor in this game. And so... Except for the, the one time he loses contain on third and 12. Correct. He had a couple penalties, which I'm sure Zach would like to uh, get to there uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, there are snaps when you look at Ryan Kerrigan. I mean, talk about not having a motor, you know, like we, we, we've we been guy. groomed under Andy Reid and even Jim Schwartz, the fastball, the motor. I mean, this is the opposite of that. Uh, the, it looks like he's moving in slow motion on some of these plays. I mean, no energy. It though, right? No juice at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, listen, I'm sure he, he gets a little email every week, probably a little direct deposit. He might be walking this. into Gannon's office tomorrow <laughs> demanding that he start. Maybe that's the like, he's, he'll say that's the only way I'm going to try. May, may, I mean, he, he, I'm not even questioning effort. Like this might, again, the league probably might have spoke on him. So, yeah, you look at some of these um, plays. Eric Wilson, uh, let me know when he gets off a block for the first time this season. He's you know, bad, I, I don't think that that's happened once in the run game. So the personnel is misaligned. The scheme is misaligned. Don't tell me that you don't have a scheme. You know, if you didn't have a scheme and wanted to just put the players in the best position to succeed, you would probably just run the scheme you had uh, last year under Jim Schwartz. I mean, that's what the players were really drafted for. So uh, I'm not crushing them. You know, maybe, well, I guess I am crushing them, but I'm not like, you know, get run everybody out of town. Maybe it will improve. Personnel is an issue. Uh, it was just just disappointing beyond the fact that you're facing the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think to your point, you know, you you, you pretty much covered it all. But there's no way to look at like the defensive personnel is bad. Like it is a roster problem in addition to whatever's going more so than whatever's going on coaching wise. But you can't tell me that these are the best eleven guys on the field. Like you know, when when you're when you're forcing a second linebacker to be on the field, or you're forcing Jannard Avery to be on the field. You know, it's just it's it's hard for me to believe that it's really about the players and not and not the scheme, which like is fine. Maybe this is just I've got this scheme I want to play. I need the guys. It's going to take some time for them to perfect it. But it doesn't even seem like it's like a complicated thing. It's like it's so vanilla. Yeah, I mean, there, there's like literally not from what they've shown. There's nothing to that like to perfect or really get better at from anyone who's in the in the back seven. If you want to say that with the fronts, that's fine, and I know it's all connected. But like you know, these are very. Uh, it's cover two, it's cover four, it's cover six, it's split safety zone, and try not to let guys get behind you really to a very exaggerated degree where it's like really, you know, play deep to not let anyone uh, get behind you to the point where you're almost standing in your, in your own end zone on, uh, on some of these plays. So my summation of this defense, uh, because they were, they were good this first two weeks and they've been bad these past two weeks. And it's, it's, it's basically like if their pass rush is not dominating, like I'm not even saying winning their pass rush is not dominating it's going to be a long, long day for that defense. Like the entire defense, the entire success of the defense seems to be, um, can they just make life miserable for the opposing quarterback? And it, that seems obvious to say, but like they they can't just be marginally better than the opposing offensive line. Like they will feast. They'll, they'll have those games when they play against offensive lines that were like the Falcons. Uh, but when you give the quarterback any time against them, 
um, it's going to be a long day against this defense, in my opinion. And it's also it's also a reminder of like in the run game, like how much they miss Brandon Graham. I mean, sure, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to overstate. Um, but yeah, to your, I think you're right. It's also maybe like a conversation, a more in depth conversation for another time about like, you know, the Eagles who have been so focused on building from the line out, hiring a defensive coordinator with a defensive back background who is probably thinking of things from the back in and whether that's, whether that's the right match. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, like the way they're playing, it, it, it should still be, you know, invest in the defensive line. It's not like they're saying, Hey, we need to shut down man corner here. Uh, so that's where we True. should invest. So I don't okay. know. I mean, I feel like you. I feel like you emptied the uh, chamber here. But is there anything else you'd like to? Yeah, I mean, I probably went, may, may have gone a little overboard, but I don't know. I was just really annoyed watching their. It is uh, annoying defense. It's frustrating to watch. It's a bore. So it was also so like, like you know, know, it was like this is the only like I've never I we, we never got to see Patrick Mahomes play in person until this game. Like yeah. maybe won't get to do it barely had to do anything. Games. I know, like, beautiful throw. Was awesome. That was nice down the right sideline to, to, to Tyreek Hill. Hill over yeah. Stephen Nelson, which was pretty good coverage. Yeah, I mean, like. I, I he was great, but I was hoping to see a little something a little more special, and they Make didn't even ask him it. to do anything special. Yeah. It was so easy for him. Uh, my friend Beaner was at the game, and I thought this was mm, hilarious. He he said that uh, there was an Eagles fan behind him when the one touchdown was unfolding, yelling, "Kelsey's confused! Kelsey's confused!" <laughs> on the play where Kelsey was intentionally being confused. <laughs> So, oh, that's yeah, I, I wish I could have gotten that one on. Uh, that's good. Uh, now, now yeah. I know you guys were talking some college football uh, during the post game pod. You in my you know uh, multiple TV setup here that I have flex uh, on the college football Saturdays. I'll tell you what: when Liberty is playing on one of those, uh, uh, you love they're a Liberty. They're getting one of those Everything screens. About them. With Malik Willis, ZB. I don't know if you've gotten a chance that you know they're not on. Uh, in they, prime they played time against team. Syracuse. They played against Syracuse. They did. And, yeah, yeah, and they and they lost, and they didn't look good there. But I thought even yeah. in that game, you could see the little flashes that got me excited. Yeah. Like compared to any of these other quarterbacks that I've seen, at least coming out, like Willis is the guy. I mean, nice touch on the deep ball. I like it. I like his body language with teammates and opponents. He of course can run the ball. He's a dual threat guy. So uh, for those of you Eagles fans who are, you know, already ready to kind of look ahead to draft, or if you're done with Jalen hurts or whatever, find, find those Liberty games to get you excited. Yeah, so on it's, it, it's funny you say that. Like I was, I was looking forward to watching Matt Corral. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. The Ole Miss quarterback. Um, and because he was like lighting it up those first, right. First three weeks and he plays against Alabama and it's like, you know, how urban Meyer, how like urban Meyer was caught saying the Vic Fangio or, or, or Vic or Vic Fangio that it's out. It's Alabama every week. Like you see the difference when you play against Alabama and Georgia than every other team. Like, it, <coughs> excuse me. It looked like JV against varsity out there. Yeah. Bo was ripping you for that on the post game pod. See, I listened to the whole thing. Thank wow. you. Uh, okay, well, you brought him up with the Alabama thing. Should we talk? Should we talk a little urban? Do you want to get? Do you want to? Do you want to defend your initial uh, stance, Zach, that he was going to be good? Well, my, no, my initial stance. Okay, my initial stance wasn't that he was going to be good. I believe you said. I believe it was something along the lines of um, a, a model human being that did not uh, say that a leader of men and a, and a proven uh, football genius. Did not say that. What I said is that he won everywhere he's been. You were treating the hire like, 
like the, like how could they possibly make this higher? And yeah, I was yeah, saying, yeah, that's right. And, I was and, treating it like that. Yeah, and and I was just saying like he he's won everywhere he had been. The NFL had had been, you know, there had been smart NFL people who've been very intrigued by Urban Meyer for a number uh, of years. Smart, and um, I don't know if I would agree. That, with that now that said, this is this is like an abject disaster. Right there is this. This, but it's this, exactly what we thought was going to happen. Um, everything, you know. I I'll give credit to Lindsey Jones and yeah, Andy Staples. Brought the fire. Andy, uh, both of them uh, wrote very good pieces. Like uh, it, it, it shows just this has been a disaster. And not just that, watching his teams play, there's no like there's there's nothing distinctive about the way they play either. Right? Like I I don't know what he's bringing from a schematic perspective. From a culture perspective, it has been a disaster, uh, clearly. And uh, you know, I, I just can't get over the fact accountability. the what what they have, uh, what what's happened this past weekend, like the 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 in, uh, are we calling it the incident? But the what was caught on video aside, just the the lack of judgment from the time he doesn't get onto the plane. To, it is so weird that he like just, you couldn't yeah. get on the plane and then fly back to see the great right. in Jacksonville. Yeah. Like you don't have your own, you get like. But like the the like absolute baseline for for a coach is to review the film the next day, right? <laughs> like like the absolute baseline you're supposed to do is just you know watch the film the next day. Like that's that's the it it, it, it is staggering to me. You know, I I would understand it's exactly what I said was going to happen, though. Like players, hey, I, hey, I was in on that too, but don't leave me out of that. I, you went, but I don't think you went quite so far. Wait, this was, was terrible, exactly terrible so, hire. I think so, on record. So you thought that he was going to be caught on video? I did <laughs> in week four of the. I did. Season. I actually, it's crazy. It's crazy because as as like as much as I was hammering it the whole time, even I am like <laughs> yes. the, the 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 quickness. Of the timeline, uh, like the speed run that he's doing for to for disgracing himself in the NFL is even a little bit quicker than I thought. I said all along I didn't think he was going to make it through the season, and even and I'm like I, I maybe undersold it. The efficiency, Wait, I, the efficiency is probably something to marvel at. I mean, so we're four we're four weeks in. We've he, already had he's like, nine he's nine months won. in and four weeks into the season. You know, and if you want a little more colorful uh, discussion of this, tune in again, tune into ZB and the Wolf. But, you know, he had the hiring the strength coach and then the strength coach resigning. He had it's like his first hire. I mean, he had the there's reports of USC. They have to put out a statement where he says he's committed to the organization after one game. You've got a video after the fourth game. The team is 0 4. You had the Tebow, Tebow thing. Uh, I mean, it's the, really the quarterback competition with Minshew. Uh, yeah, his first round pick. pick. Then you his trade Minshew. Round, no, but also he he he's they just drafted uh, they just drafted ATN and he says publicly that they wanted Tony, right? Yeah, right. They wanted Kadarius Tony, which is. But uh, I, I just want to. I'm, I'm looking at the chat here. I uh-huh. I wasn't like all about this hire. My only point, and this is trying point to ba- that, you were trying to balance out the scale. No, my point, and, and Andy Staples said this: like he's he's had a track he's he's had a track record of bad things happening where he's been, but he's won every so it's it's always been like how much are you willing to tolerate because he wins, 
right? And he he's he's won at like a historic level. He is one of the great college football coaches ever. But he's zero four. He's a right bad now. guy with an unbelievably inflated ego who thinks that he can do yeah. anything, and everybody else is a moron. I do like this take from Robin. You know, may, maybe Urban just thought, well, the all, the all 22 on Game Pass doesn't load right after the game anyway. Wait <laughs> <laughs> so, a couple of days anyway. So he thought he had some time, you know, before that came in. And he figured those cell phone videos would be going on Game Pass too. He'd, he'd have it, they, they wouldn't go through. <laughs> I mean, and then, yeah, the explanation was just cringeworthy, you know, like then the Michael Silver had the report that basically the entire buddy, team, buddy went, needed a night out, buddy deserved a night out. Urban explains it. They all start laughing, uh, right afterwards. So yeah, I don't know if he's going to make it to like Halloween. Uh, I mean, there's no chance that this is going to succeed. We knew that right away. The Jaguars are, uh, it's good for Trevor Lawrence though, right? Like it's good. <laughs> yeah, it is. It like, is. It is. He's going to get out of there like, quickly. Yes. Although that organization is so bad that who knows who they're going to hire, after this, I mean, I, as I said, I think I said this at the time or certainly before the season, like they should have just gone with the most boring, competent head coach GM combo you can find. Just get some stability in place with the guy and see if, you know, see if you can make it work. If not, you can upgrade in a little bit, but, you know, provide a stable environment for the quarterback who the owner is calling Michael Jordan before he even plays a snap, you know, provide some stability and, and competence there. And they fail to even do that. I was, I was, I the was problem with you know, I, part of the problem is that I'm sorry. Uh, the part of the problem is in the NFL, everybody pays the players. So one of his advantages is sort of cut off, cut off. So go ahead. Why did Trevor Lawrence had to catch a stray in that press conference? Right? Like, did you see? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, all Trevor Lawrence, you know, yeah. Trevor Lawrence goes to Vegas for his bachelor party. Very responsibly. And like, right. Yeah. Like, and, and Urban happened. Meyer, Urban Meyer is basically like, Equating it to Urban Meyer going out <laughs> to, to a bar yeah. in Columbus. It's like I I I told Tra you know, I told Travis before he went to Vegas, this kind of stuff happens. Classic leadership. <laughs> this guy who taught a who taught a college yeah. course on leadership. You are you are a grandfather. <laughs> if I'm Trevor Lawrence, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'd be like, whoa, wait a second. Like, you know what he should have done? One has nothing to do with the other here. <laughs> he should have gone with one of my favorite Donovan lines that I use in my house, which is keep, keep your name out of your mouth. I said, my wife, all right, don't do this unless you want your marriage to end. But when my, when my wife says something like, oh, I was, you know, I was telling my friend about, you know, see me in the wolf. I'll just go keep my name at you. That's good. I, like that. I don't recommend it. Oh, man. It's really good. It's just, it's crazy. It's, it's a fun subplot. All right, let's let Marissa get to baseball. What's the score? It ain't good. Oh, okay. It's. I mean, is it a blowout? We, we could. Nothing. We could record oh. another eight hours, and that game would still be going. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully the Yanks will will just rally. They like to come back. Yeah, there's plenty of time. Fingers crossed. Red Sox so, in a bad bullpen. So one real quick thing I just wanted to bring up, um, and I guess we can get to this on uh, on Thursday. But there's as I was kind of brainstorming stories for the week, um, there's this fascinating alternative history or alternative universe, if you will. If the Eagles, if the Eagles take Jeremy Chin in this, in the second round last year, what's going on in this game Sunday, right? Like who's the quarterback for the Eagles? Number one. Okay. Who's the coach for the Eagles? Number two. Uh, 
is the is is the defense significantly different? Like it's it's one of those sliding doors moments that if you believe the Jalen Hurts pick contributed uh, or like significantly led to what happened, then uh, had they taken Jeremy Chin, you just wonder how Eagles history would have been different. I think it's still. I think Wentz is still gone. I don't think it. Okay. You know. You think so? Still, yeah, it was so what? You think Hurts made him suck that bad? No, I don't. I, I think he would have still sucked last year, but okay. I don't think I don't think the I don't think the relationship would have soured so much. Like I, I don't think Wentz would have given up like he did. Oh, okay, he still would have thought, all right, I'm the guy. We had a terrible season. Let's run it back. Yeah, and I mean, well, maybe. it would have been You're tough right. to watch. You might but be right. Yeah, I, I still think, think he I would think be just Wentz as would sad, still but maybe here. he would still be here. And I feel like I. I is Doug I think still Doug here? might still be here too. I mean, the I offense so. would the offense would have stunk. But no, Doug would be gone. I mean, it took it took a week to fire Doug, and that and that was part of it was because of the acrimony with Carson, right? Like, I don't know. I feel like they might have run it back one more time. And is Chin like this this building block defensive player here? I mean, I, I think, think so. I think he's a yeah. talented guy. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. he would be. So it's yeah. it's it's fascinating. And I mean, think about it. Like, you know, if they win two more games last year, they're like, you know, they're they're playing that week seventeen game for. Uh, if they division, win one more yeah. game, they're yeah. they're playing for yeah. the division that last game. Yeah. I think I think they probably talked themselves into one more ride. It's a good uh, hypothetical. I, I often think about Zach's um, comment after. The Hertz pick, where uh, you know, I, I thought you made the good point that this, like, uh, you were saying how other teams didn't view Hertz as like QB yeah. needy teams. And you know, the team I keep thinking of that I think we said during the draft weekend, the yeah, they probably should have taken Hertz. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, if they are getting Jalen Hertz competent level play right now, they are a different team now. They are a different team for the future. I mean, that's an organization that could build up their defense. They would be running the ball. He wouldn't be turning it over. He would probably be fun. You know, he'd probably be pretty fun uh, combined with Mike Tomlin in that scheme. Like he would he his career would be way different. I think he would be getting a lot of buzz right now. But uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I guess they, that's a good one. They, they did not want to do it there. But now they have who no they, plan they at quarterback. They took in the second round. They took Chase know. Claypool. They took Chase Claypool uh, yeah. in the second round. <clears throat> oh, was that the? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, and they did not have a first maybe round. Maybe you can't crush him for that. Okay. Because of Fitzpatrick. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Okay. Good. Good uh, sliding doors. Yeah. Thing to think about. All right. Uh, once again, one thirty on Thursday for the live Birds with Friends. Uh, that will preview Sunday's game against the Panthers. A huge game. I mean, we talked about Sirianni at the top. We don't have to get into this, but I feel like if they lose this game, there's a chance they're one and six, and we're and we're thinking about is there a chance that he doesn't he doesn't make it to 2022? I don't think I agree with that. Okay. Well, save it for Thursday. The Athletic YouTube page, ZB yes. and the Wolf. Check it Wednesday. Watch the video. Comment. Give it thumbs up. Send it to your friends. Uh, open multiple browsers, devices, neighbors. Break into their houses. Steal their devices. Open it up. Give it a thumbs up. Uh, if the alarm is going off, leave the device there. Run out. Don't get arrested. But you get the idea. I think you covered all the bases. If you see a kid walking down the street with an iPhone smacked out of his hands, his or her hands, grab it quickly. Go to YouTube. Be athletic. Give it a thumbs up. All right. Ask him if they've heard about Urban. 
and then go on with your day. All right, so for Sheil, Zach, and Marissa, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on Thursday. And as always, we love you.